Just as a reminder, you can visit us at rss.com slash podcast slash thepandapod. That's rss.com slash podcast slash thepandapod to grab our RSS feed, listen directly, and share Pandapod with your family and friends. You can also reach us directly via email through pandapod.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hey everybody, welcome to the Panda Podcast. Uh, today we have Jeff. Hello. We have Rab. Hey there. And we have me, Wiggy. Um, today we're going to talk a little bit about AI. Um, so let's kick it off. So Jeff, what's your favorite piece of AI at the moment? Hmm. Um, probably ChatGPT. Um. I've tried to get a couple of the large language models working on my PC, but I don't think my my system's strong enough to really process quickly enough. So until that is possible and I can use like an uncontrolled environment, ChatGPT is probably my favorite right now. What's your favorite part about it? Um, the ability to just ask a question and get a full response as opposed to like going to like Google something and asking a question and just getting a list of, you know, 15 to 79 ads before I actually find what I'm looking for. (laughs) Right. Um, Right. I could just say, Hey, what's the population of Spain? And it's just going to tell me, and it's going to give me, you know, enough information that, if I don't find it immediately to be like to sound true or to sound like factual, you know, it gives me enough information that I can then go Google specific things within the question, you know, to find the little nuggets of knowledge on the internet out there. Sure. Yeah, I um I think you'll probably have um something equivalent to Chat GPT three point five running on your computer within another year oh for sure yeah you know as they transition from you know there's a few out there that are running on cpu models there's a few out there that are running on gpu models and they just need to be optimized you know it's just a matter of time before it's on our phones yeah i'm looking forward to that for sure um just being able to i mean we have it in some context already right um but not nearly where where it could be in the future. Right, right. I mean, anybody can just go to ChatGPT on their their phone, but I want a unfiltered version of it at the ready, ready to go at any time. Definitely going to have to be on an Android then. That ain't going <laughs> to fly on Apple. Eh, I mean, we'll see. But Yeah, for sure. What about you, Rab? What's your, your favorite part of AI at the moment? I mean, honestly, I I am more into stable diffusion AI art. I feel like ChatGPT is not as good as I thought it was when it first came out. Like it's 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 pretty good, but I feel like you know you can't just take the output and use it in something. You really have to clean it up, and so it's not like it doesn't really save any time for me to use um, uh, ChatGPT for like writing and stuff. Sometimes I'll use it if I'm st- if I have like writer's block, 
Um, you know, I, yeah, it, it can, it, it's not very good at making jokes. I, I can sometimes get <laughs> no. it to, to give some suggestions for like elements for jokes. You know what I mean? Like if I can't think of the characters in a show, I'll, I'll ask it for the list of characters and then that that's what gets my brain running, you know? Yeah. I found it to be a good, a good starter. Um, like you're saying, like if you have, have like brain fog or, or whatever, like it's a, it's a good way to give you ideas. It's a good, good starter for sure. Um, that's, that's probably my favorite part of that. What, what's your favorite part of like, um, like text damage like with stable diffusion like what do you like about it um i mean i like being able to do funny stuff i also like using it for um dnd campaign been doing i did that from the first one i did some images and now i'm doing it for like major npcs mm-hmm. it's it's kind of cool because i can just make the if i'm if i'm doing homebrew right i can make the npc as i'm typing the prompts you know and, and make sure i'm making something that it can actually generate an image of you know, um, and I don't have to come up with all the physical characteristics in advance. I just kind of like type in what I what I know I want it to do, and then I can write a description of the actual image that was created. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Our DM's doing the same thing in our campaign right now, and it's great. Like, just having that visual of the characters we're talking to, like we're playing on roll twenty. And just a keystroke, and that image is on everybody's screen. You know who you're talking to. You know that's it's really good for for sucking you into the the story. Right. I I really enjoy it myself. Um, I I the problem that I have with it is it, just like Chat GBT, it's not quite there yet. You know, like they have problems with uh, like the infamous five to seven extra fingers you know when you're doing a person or um you know when you you can type something in and and the picture's distorted in some way right it doesn't always get it exactly you know as close to perfect as you would expect if someone was drawing it right I'd say it's not hard to fix those issues though and the newer models just don't have those issues either like like hands are pretty much been solved um every now and then you'll get an image with an extra finger or something but even then you can just you know delete that part and regenerate and more likely it's going to look fine you know what what tools do you is the is preferable for the newer models that have come out well the nice part about stable diffusion is you can download models like as they come out you don't have to replace the like core part of it i mean you're you're downloading like four gig to eight gig files um and then uh, it also has the in-painting feature very easily available where you can just paint a particular area and it will repaint it. And that's what Jeff's talking about, like, to fix bad hands and stuff. Yeah. That's what or I Or if, use. like, somebody doesn't have the hair you want, you just delete their hair and, you know, describe what hair you want and hit a button and it does it. It's crazy. Right. If only we could do that in real life, right? It's just, <laughs> I just want to delete my hair. Didn't you delete your hair? I, I did kind of delete my hair. Yeah, but he can't going, get the AI to grow it back. Yeah, uh, I can't get the AI to grow my hair back in the way that I want it to, though. So, we can, I think I'm going to generate an image of, of the take your take your bald photo and add a pompadour. Do it. Do, do it. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I, I like pompadour for sure. Delete his shirt and give him like a a um, a judge outfit and give him one of those curly wigs <laughs> or one of those like uh um 
like French aristocrat outfits with the uh, the puffy the puffy shoulders. Yeah. And the puffy neck area. I've been using an AI profile picture for teams for some time. Um and I had somebody comment on today to say that the fact that I had a black cat and it scared them. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't comment on the fact that I imply that nine I have nine eleven kind of implied in it too. <laughs> yeah, I saw that in the background. <laughs> You'll need to share that. I yeah, I, I, I I'll send you that. Um, it's I've been using it for a little while. I had a different one, but then people started calling me Tech Jesus, so I changed <laughs> it. But then when this when this woman commented on it today, I I was like. I can make a new one if you want, but it may be worse. <laughs> <laughs> Just have like a rabid badger instead of the cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the AI graphics is is really cool. Um, I mean, obviously, there's obvious, you know, issues socially when it comes to both GPT and AI created video like what what's your guys's take on on the artist versus um the artist versus usage of mass information that's just available on the internet without copyright uh yeah i mean i can only speak personally but i mean i don't make a cent off of what i do and i de certainly would not pay somebody for it um you know, I mean, obviously, I waste a little bit of money on the GPU, I guess. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't be paying an artist to make custom images for my D&D campaign. It'd be too much. Right. I think that, well, first, to to, to answer your question, Wiggy, um, I've got a lot of, like, several friends who are artists who I speak to on a regular basis. I have one who is so adamantly against the AI art just disgusted with it he feels like it's stealing you know other people's styles other people's work and that it like somehow uh like devalues his own work which in my opinion that's just like a mental blockage for him you know um i can get the frustration in having you know something created in mere seconds that takes them you know hours to do I, I get the frustration but in my opinion the ai art thing it it democratizes art you know like it it brings it to everyone like i don't have the artistic skill i've never been able to draw in my life i've tried and tried and same just the ability to think something and go huh i wonder what that would look like and type it in and see it i just think that's fantastic i think it's so cool yeah, I I'm I I find myself torn between the two sides. You know, like I definitely feel the same feeling about, you know, I have no skill and I need to I need something. I have a need, right? And so even if time is not a factor, right? Let's just say I have to hire an artist to do something. I'm probably just not going to have it done. Right. Um, whereas if there was something that I really wanted done and I wanted it to be in special important, I would definitely hire an artist. It's not something <laughs> yeah. I would re I would rely on AI to to do for me because I want it. 
there's there's you know i i don't think you can replace there there's a special spark that that people have that i don't think can be replicated in ai um right. at least imitated yet. but not replicated yeah it can be imitated but it can't be replicated like there's just a special spark spark of ingenuity there's a special spark of of i mean i mean we can boil it all the way down and call it the human soul if you want to or your spirit or whatever um however you look at it but there's just something some things that ai just can't do um and like if i was going to get a painting that i wanted to hang up in my wall like i'd get an artist like and sure. that's also the difference right physical versus digital too right like i mean i'm sure you could get an ai an ai picture and then have it printed right but that's not going to be the same as having bob ross paint you a picture that you put on your wall right but isn't it nice to know that even if bob ross is gone we can still get a bob ross like image by typing a few words into a, a prompt yeah i mean i'd love i mean that's a, an amazing way to have a really cool like desktop background you know like i would do that in a second i think um an, another thing another one of the artists i talked to about about this is they said that you know, over the years there, you know, when photography first came out, it was seen as like the end of the artist, you know, and, you know, the same thing for when video came out, it was the end of photography. And the, the thing is, it's just a new tool that needs to be added to these artists toolbox. You know, it doesn't mean they have to use it. Um, I know several artists who are using it specifically for concept art. Yeah. Um, you know, just typing in ideas they have, then seeing, you know, okay, that's an interesting concept. I'm going to take that concept and build on it and do something my own. Um, now, and that is a whole career field, though, concept artist, you know, so sure. that could be going away in some ways, you know. Right. Um, and, I mean, who knows? Eventually, these things could get so good that they do replace, like, real I don't think it'll ever replace fine art, but it'll certainly replace commercial art. Right. Well, I mean, I guess you can get into the ethics of uh, it replacing people's jobs a little bit separately mm -hmm. from, um, you know, the ethics of using it, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I guess in theory, everybody could boycott it, but I, I don't know. I just feel like that method of change doesn't really save someone's job. Like it didn't save the... Uh, gas station attendants right they, they just passed a law that in oregon people can finally pour their own gas right yeah <laughs> i mean it doesn't say didn't save uh supermarket cash cashiers either right and but i mean that's just the nature of human work you know it evolves as we create new technology that you know either assist or replace uh the manual things that we do right you know that's going to happen forever and yeah and that's actually my favorite my favorite part of ai my favorite part of, not like not necessarily removing jobs but replacing manual tedious time-consuming tasks and making those essentially go away from from a, a human experience so that we have more time to do whatever it is we want to do um you know some things just have to be done and they're either uh, some are dangerous some are just 
mind numbing, which is, you know, not helpful for, for people's mental health, you know, and, and that's my favorite, my favorite part, like, like, even simple things, like in, in version, versions of, of the beginning and like, or like semi origins of AI, like, like using Google Assistant or Siri, right? Um, just being able to say, like, you know, make a calendar event for me or set a timer or, you know, like, show me how to get to, you know, navigation, like, show me how to get to my favorite restaurant, you know, like, sure, like, those things are, like, really in, saved us a lot of time and are enhancing our lives. Um, and it just depends. I don't know how far we can go with it, right? Like, like eventually are we just going to have robots that are just clearing trees you know like just out there just making paper for us <laughs> you know like is that that where we're going i'm um, surprised that's not already a thing yeah um, i am, I am kind of too <laughs> yeah. yeah you know like like there's I definitely like giant it, but... soul soulless machines out there with buzz saws just <laughs> going up and down in straight lines just chopping down every tree it sees that's for sure it's like a Roomba that just, <laughs> you know doesn't want us to be able to breathe <laughs> Roomba of death yeah yeah I mean I think honestly I, I feel like either we will have an inflection point where all of these technologies labor-saving technologies benefit the average person soon or we won't have one at all. And, you know, I don't think I have much control over either of those outcomes. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I feel about it. So, I mean, it's, it, it, I think that, that this stuff is maybe close to the final frontier of that, you know, like replacing desk jobs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and if, if, if all the desk jobs truly are replaceable, then, you know, maybe it's the inflection point where, people don't have to really do all that much work anymore. Like we're already there, you know, we already have it to where people probably could work. Like if, if things were distributed a little bit better, people could work like 10 hour a week jobs, you know? Sure. Um, yeah. it, but but if, if, if all the desktops gets replaced, then maybe uh, we're, we hit that inflection point really soon. You know, I think with the upcoming like advent of like fission energy, combining with these huge leaps in artificial intelligence we could like this is utopianist of me for sure but i could see us moving into like a a star trek kind of future where you know this is what Wiggy was saying earlier the idea that all the menial tasks everything that we need to actually live is just taken care of right and then you know we get the option to instead of spending you know the only currency we really have which is time on survival we can then put it towards you know personal you know passions you know or you know helping others you know whatever it is that we want to do and i i also really love the idea of uh like um ubi universal basic income um, being tied to AI and, and robotics in particular, the idea that um, if your job is replaced, like this is like an immediate idea that if your job is replaced by an AI, you then get a cut of whatever profit that I is making. Sure. Um, 
And then I've heard some really fun ideas. The idea it's almost like a stock market where you have a everybody has a certain number of credits that they can spend to purchase like essentially stock in different AI. And they, you know, depending on the performance of those AIs, get, you know, a cut of money. Obviously, that's not a super balanced way to do it. Right. But it's kind of a fun way to think about it. Just instead of working all day, just every now and then hopping on, checking the AI market, like, ooh, this is really popping off. I'm going to move some of my, you know, credits into this instead. And I don't know. Right. You know, it's moving, you know, like, talking about this specifically, like, is that really the outcome? Is it more of a, uh, I mean, I guess you laid out two separate, separate ideals, right? That we, we kind of currently think of in terms of, uh, like government, government styles, right? So we have this one where it's taking care of all of everything that we need. So we spend all our times on passion and everybody's just kind of taken care of with like a UBI, right? That's, that's closer to like a, a communist type ideal right where everybody's just taking care of we're just that star trek idea right like we're just taking care of and we just get to do what we want to uh for purpose and then and then a different way of doing it is um something more of like um like you know how we do it in the u.s where we have like this exchange that is that is being used and taking place and we're picking and choosing what we want our winners to be. And then, you know, like, like it's, it's, but at that point it's just more of a game, right? It's more of, uh, uh, it's kind of like a, a safe way of gambling in a way, (laughs) you know, like just to, to have something to do that keeps our minds That particular like idea, the, the, the stock market AI idea, would make like a fun like short novel or something. I don't think it'd be a great place to live. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> but it's either. fun to think about. I mean, I could see it as like um instead of it being something like a a like an exchange or stock market, I could see it being something where like as a society you can stack rank and vote what you think the most important types of AR are at the moment or like how we want to like go forward right where we where do we want to put investment money where do we want to uh you know what do we want to focus on is it ai for climate change is it ai for um you know trying to figure out what the homeless problem is is it ai for making water treatment centers better you know like we get to choose based on you know your municipality or just by country in general like maybe that's just what we vote on in the future and we don't really care about what politics are everybody just gets a say what if i already don't care about politics are am i living (laughs) in the future i mean most people don't right uh for sure but well, it's just a matter of what you actually have control over i mean i know i'm maybe repeating myself a little bit but like i just feel like if labor saving technology productivity has moved independently of wages for a long time you know, since the 70s, um, and productivity keeps going up and up, and wages do not, and either that changes soon, or it never changes, and I, I kind of choose to believe that it will change, because the other one's really depressing. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, we have to, 
we'll have to see what happens in the next decade, right? Right. Like as the the younger generation start to really take over in politics, we'll we'll see what happens. Like either we'll just fall back into the same, you know, uh, greediness and <clears throat> greediness and you know lies and all those other kinds of things, or whether or not we actually pull together to make changes on things. You know, we'll just have to kind of see what happens. I have I I want to have faith that like you said it's the second one and we actually start making really good decisions you know um, well I guess we'll have to see we'll have to see yep. what happens there did either of you watch Mrs Davis on Peacock no oh it's so good you got to watch it it's about an AI um, I mean that... I don't want to say it but who watches Peacock it was really <laughs> good like it I watched it and my immediate thought was how did this end up on Peacock because it was so out of left field and so creative and like they just seemed like they had like total freedom to do what they wanted to do with the show um and what they ended up making i thought was like very sweet and very um like optimistic about a future where ai is a a major role um I would definitely suggest you check it out. It's a pretty short show. It's only it's like eight episodes, maybe, and it's a, like a pretty contained story and and really really good and gives you something to think about as far as AI is concerned. What's cool. it called again? Uh, Mrs. Davis. Yeah. Black Mirror, but not evil. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really funny. It's it's a good show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll have to see if I can get access to Peacock somehow. So, so that being said, what's the scary, what's our, what's our scary when it comes to AI? Like, what are our, our big concerns about? Well, I know I've always said this before, but I think the scariest thing for me is that it doesn't change anything. (laughs) Right. You know, like if we just keep on our same trajectory, I just don't feel like the Terminator, like Skynet future is realistic. Or I feel like if that is realistic, you know, it's just like the same thing that's already going on but much worse you know what i mean right it, yeah these new tools could definitely allow um like the greedy and like hoarding people of the world to just do it faster and better you know <laughs> like if, if we right. don't if we don't you know democratize the ai then the few who own it are just going to become even more wealthy and the rest will just it has the potential to be very dystopian for sure (laughs) right so so with so that brings up the the issue i don't know if it's really an issue but the the work that's being done on quantum computing right what happens when we hook an ai up to quantum computing and it's everything's just so fast and so good that we don't know what to do with it. You know, that's the only way we get to a point where it's we kind of like that, like that, that Terminator side of it, right? Like, like, because we barely could be able to use quantum computing. Like it's going to take time for them to even use it, figure out ways to use it to benefit us before, like it's it's usable right to say scientists or everybody else like they're still working on the best way to make them 
right? They're so expensive. Um, yeah, I, I don't mean, think we're going to get our hands on one, is what I'm saying. Like, I don't think the average person is going to get their hands on a quantum computer by the time that the people who are already in charge are using quantum computing. Well, yeah. I, I don't know about that. I mean, there are companies that are selling quote-unquote personal quantum computers that aren't really quantum computers, but they are a lot closer to, like, a supercomputer than a normal, like, desktop would be. Um, and there's also a lot of places where you can just rent time on a quantum computer, you know, and... and I, as time goes on, those are just going to become more and more available. You know, I, I don't think it'll be all that long before uh, quantum computers are, are are readily available to those who want access to them. All right, well, let's all take out loans and start building a quantum hub. That way we <laughs> See, can you, rent out. you run into a problem there where it, we could do that now and build one for millions and millions of dollars, or we could wait 10 years and probably get one at Best Buy. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, but do we want to be the sellers or do we want to be the renters? That's the. I want to be on a beach drinking a mai tai. Yeah, 100%. I'm not near a quantum computer if I can get away with it. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to be anywhere near it either. To be honest with you, that sounds like a bit, a bit much. A bit much. Yeah, <laughs> a, a bit much. A cubit, oh, okay. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so so now that we we kind of broke that that barrier of like quantum computing and so so what do you think is the ultimate for for ai like wh where can you envision ai at its its end point like at its most effective what do you see as far as impacts on society or like um even usage like what do you what do you think it's really going to be used for in the future well again i would say please check out mrs davis because a lot of the things we're talking about right online with that show and what they have to say um i would also say that i can't remember the question can you repeat that one more time <laughs> yeah so so what do you think is the the ultimate oh the ultimate like societal right impact I mean, or artificial general space? intelligence is the goal right like the idea is to get to a point where an AI can actually, you know, think on its own until we get to that point, And I don't know, I don't know how long that's going to take or if we ever will. I, I feel like we probably will get close to something akin to it, like close enough that we can just be like, all right, that's AGI, you know? Uh, but I, I think until we get there, we're looking right now at what, the like pinnacle of non-general intelligent ai can be not the pinnacle but the beginning of of that you know like small individual tools that do very specific things and do them very well and efficiently and i i think that is the the current like big thing is that we'll we'll have a marketplace where it could be like okay well I want dinner and I want pizza and I don't want to cook it. So I'm going to go pay 50 cents and rent the pizza bot. And it's going to make a pizza in my kitchen using, you know, whatever robot I have in my kitchen that does my cooking for me. You know, it's, it's the equivalent of, of being jacked into the matrix and having an, a skill uploaded to you, except it's 
you know, whatever tools at hand. Hmm. I like that idea of having a robot in your home that you assign apps to. Mm-hmm. to I mean, we already do that, things. right? With Google Home, if Google Home had wheels and like arms, it would be able to do all that already, you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, sure. wheels and effective arms, that would be the problem. <laughs> right. Actually making it effective at cooking. I actually had a really fun conversation with ChatGPT about something very similar to this. The idea, what I what I posed to it was, you know, how do you think your uh, abilities would improve if you were given access to the full, like, IoT, like the Internet of Things? You know, if you had access to a drone if you needed it or blah 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 and what they what gpt had to say about it was that you know yeah obviously this would be amazing my you know abilities would go through the roof i could do just about anything if i had the capability and and i was allowed to do it you know hmm. i like that i like that better than jacking my brain into the matrix <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, that's I'm cyberpunk future, right? I mean, yeah, but on, I'm I'm so I'm so risk risk adverse that I definitely just don't want to jack something. In. Like, even though it would be amazing to be able to learn everything about something in a, you know, ten minutes, like which that it sounds like a dream, but I don't I don't see myself plugging in. Maybe maybe millennials are just too old for plugging in <laughs> like maybe maybe we just i don't know oh well i guess we'll have to see that was always a very interesting concept to me the idea that that you could hook a brain up to a computer I, I, who knows if we'll get that or not i feel like if if we will get that it's probably going to be like researched by an ai i think that th the immediate future of that is going to be with ar augmented reality um because, I mean, really, how far of a leap is it from having the whole internet and world on display on your glasses versus it being directly in your head, you right. know? Well, and, well, and actually, glasses tech, wearable like glasses technology does have thought control, too, in theory. Yeah. Um, my friend was doing that stuff back in, like, 2016. That and so many of them have, like, amazing gesture controls. Like, I, AR is going to blow up very, very soon. Like, I don't know how closely you guys follow that. Um, but, I mean, there's a couple of the glasses, the, the sets that are already available that are really, really cool that do some, like, amazing things. Like, huge, just leaps and bounds better than, like, Google Glass was in 2010 or whatever. Um, and I think that tech is going to ignite a a stronger desire in people to have that brain to computer interface. And it, it will like, it, if it picks up and it kicks off and people are like, wow, this is great. You know, then that's going to be the thing where, you know, some group of college kids doing a master's thesis or something are going to build a robotic eye that essentially just has a computer in it. And, you know, and, and that'll be like the, the leap to the brain interface. I think we have something like that already, but I also th um, think it doesn't require you to um, uh, necessarily like literally plug a wire into your head. You, they, I mean, EKG exists, right? And sure, sure. Like the neural net 
bolts they put on your head or whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can you can EKG basically maps like out the thought patterns of your brain, and it's not like literally like translating your thoughts into individual words, right? But like if you're thinking about right or left, you can control a drone. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, mm -hmm. that's what my friend was was doing in in 2016, 2017, right? And, and he was doing that at, at as a um, undergraduate student. So yeah. I imagine people have, have advanced that technology quite a bit. I'm, I'm worried about getting blue screened. <laughs> 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 like while connected to something. Like, like, we like we know that Elon announced like he's working on that that um implant right Neuralink, and yeah. The, yeah Neuralink it'll be able to like help people with that don't have um like the ability to walk right like they have spinal issues sure um and things like that I'm I'm worried that eventually because he said because one of the things he said and let's just take it as for what it is um. But he said that the goal eventually is for people to be able to talk to each other without actually speaking, right? And if you get to the point where you have that level of like interface, I'm I'm worried about. I'm definitely worried about it brain deading you. I mean, um, that's pretty stupid though, because people literally already talk every day without even speaking. <laughs> yeah. Well, like telepathy, right? Yeah, I but, get it, but I'm just saying, like, you know, I mean, it would be nice if my if my if I could have a device that read my thoughts and and put it into into words sometimes, but I mean I don't I, I don't think it necessarily has to go like literally into your brain to do it. Sure, through your skull. Yeah, I think I think that's the the hump that's gonna have to be overcome before anybody takes it seriously. Because yeah, I don't I don't want to. I don't want to want a brain dead, so figure well, that out. Catherine works with um, uh, you know, ESE students, and the ones that are paraplegic have methods of communicating using a computer, basically like a basic, like I don't know, it reads some kind of whatever gesture they can do as 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 words, and I mean, I think that that might be good enough for those people and then everybody else can touch type yeah yeah that's that's definitely true that's definitely true yeah i guess we'll we'll have to see on that point huh a lot of this is is wait and see yeah but so so as an over so as an overall do we like ai or do we not like ai I think we like AI. I love AI. I use it every day. Even though it is making it very difficult for me to find a job right now, I love AI. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I can't I haven't used any for like work or anything like that yet, but I I definitely see see benefits especially in the short term, right? Like we've already even seen benefits in the short term. So I like it too. So th so that's the consensus. We definitely love AI. We love so AI. I guess maybe I'm the only person here who does use it for work. Then I, I use GitHub Copilot. It's pretty decent. It writes the, my unit tests pretty well. I mean, I use it for like some of the like spiritual services that I I do. Sure. So, I mean, I have definitely made money from it. 
you know um especially for like like tarot interpretation and things like that um i found it very very useful for those kind of things right i mean i've used it for like extracurriculars right sure, like that's sure. that's my my main my main point like i've used it a little bit for helping me with like trying to write something specifically gpt for writing um like trying to give me that idea or or helping me like properly phrase the point that i'm trying to get across in like a, a social post right like those are the things that i really enjoy using it for um saving a lot of time um but yeah i don't i don't really use it specifically for work yet um so i'm interested to see what that what that kind of looks like in the future but, do you feel like it actually does a good job um helping you phrase something <laughs> oh geez my dog just coughed did you hear that <laughs> yeah, <it's okay. laughs> yeah but it's all right <laughs> do you feel like it actually works to help you phrase stuff i feel like it, i i'm not a Sometimes. huge fan of how it does yeah so so what i like is so it puts the meat together right. right like it puts the meat together and then so i don't have to put the meat together and then right. i can go and spend literally five seconds just changing the way something sounds sure like th that that to me is time saving like i'm not spending like so say if i'm i'm really trying to get a point across right like i'm not spending 15 minutes on the social post i'm spending three minutes on the social post and and that makes a big difference um right. you know like i definitely see and especially for um and i see it all the time with marketing like like ai and marketing right now is blowing up and it's doing a really good job of especially like social marketing right like it's just it's blowing up the the ecosystem um and I mean, so most of the advertisements that we don't already see, we will be seeing in the next year or two, just completely AI generated, um, which right. is I pretty nifty. But also that goes back to that job thing. Like you have to have somebody control the AI, I think. I think that's the the big thing. Like you have to have somebody in charge. We can't just turn it on and let it run. Well, and this is actually maybe a larger point about, like, what actually is AI, but Facebook, I mean, I feel like the Facebook advertisements I get, like, 99% of them I could consider AI in the sense that they're, you know, uh, a randomly or some, like, pseudo-randomly generated image with text that's been done using an algorithm, and the algorithm is just, like, you know, put 10 of these out there, and then whichever one gets the most clicks you know, use that one, right? And and obviously that's a very simple algorithm, but I guess I, I feel like the companies are already using like that type of random generation. So why wouldn't they just use, just switch over to something that's that does that except better? Yeah, yeah, but you still have to have somebody at the at the the top level making making sure that like even though you can have an algorithm, like no algorithm's completely perfect. Right, like you're still going to have like an imperfection or a decision that needs to be made, right? And I don't think we're quite comfortable handing that over completely yet. Um, I think we're still too new. Well, I think um, the ChatGPT like has another a couple of layers of AI, and uh, some of the layers review the outputs because no, no human is reviewing every single output that it makes, right? It just depends on how much they actually care about their brand. Like I've blocked Coke and 
you know, um, McDonald's and stuff on Facebook a long time ago. Um, so the most of the ads that get served are for people who don't give a shit about their brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, just the simple eyes is worth something, right? So, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a way to look at it too. I mean, the other day I got served a, a picture of Adolf Hitler on a travel company's um uh, ad. So, <laughs> <laughs> explain that a little more. Uh, it was it was an ad for a travel company, and it said like, "See the sights you always wanted to see," and it was a picture of Adolf Hitler with a couple of Nazi officers. <laughs> 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 I mean, I think I literally think that they were using that type of A/B marketing, where it's like, okay, choose a random image, like what gets the most eyeballs, and if you let that go, you're going to end up with <laughs> making posts about Hitler because people are going to stop and be like, what the hell? Yeah, but you're going to get like a false positive from that too, right? Like people exactly. are just going to be sharing it because it's it's so um, like invoking, but right. But at the same, but at the same time, that's not what you want. You know, you want the exact opposite of that. Right. I mean, I guess it depends on the brand. I mean, satire yeah, really does. Satire is still really big, right? Like, well, and and the Facebook marketing, like, you can make a million like shell companies, right? And just like have them, like, that's I still get served ads for some of the companies I've blocked because they have like a third party serving the ad, and then you know that. If I click it, it's going to take me to McDonald's.com or whatever, but it's not actually McDonald's posting the ad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's nuts. That's that's pretty crazy. All right, well, well, thanks for for uh, us all getting together for our first episode, and uh, thank you guys for listening to us as we discussed a. Uh, a- AI and our thoughts about it and we look forward to uh, doing this again and having you guys join us next time so thanks everybody Bye. bye